Welcome to the clan! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That's what you're going to need. It's going to take more than your talent, and this podcast exists because we want you to win. So you're going to need to come to the table to, to negotiate with some actual business uh, and audience cash flow, an image. You're going to have to get all put together. That's why we called it the CLIMB. It's an acronym, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. The genius behind that title is the word man himself. Uh, Let me introduce you to my co-host and good friend, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Annabelle, and Joe Nichols, and more. What I love about Brent is is he helps songwriters like you uh, turn pro. You want to turn pro. He helps you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he actually connects you with the pros. And you can find Brent really easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They help you find your sound and they help you grow your audience so you can become the artist that everybody loves and so you can get paid ain't too shabby either. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. Hey, man. Hey, brother. How are you? Man, I'm doing all right. I'm psyched for a couple things. I'm psyched for what we're going to talk about today, which we'll get to in a second. I'm also psyched for the Climb Conference, which is coming up. First ever Climb Conference. That's right. It's not just you and me, though. No, no, it's not. So this is coming up uh, the weekend of May 5th, weekend of Cinco de Mayo, and, and how better to celebrate Cinco de Mayo than going to Utah. And that's what we're going to do. <laughs> and we're going to go, uh, we're going to be in Salt Lake City, Utah, so the weekend of May 5th. And uh, Johnny and I will be joined by Chris Oglesby from BMG Music. Uh, so he's a music publisher there, Been in, uh, he's an industry veteran. So if you want to know about songwriting, you want to know about publishing, he is your guy. And also we'll be joined by Shelby Kennedy, who runs the office of the National Office of TuneCore, which uh, they help basically distribute your music to different platforms. So if you're an artist and you're interested about the new music business and, and how getting your music out there and all that stuff works, Shelby's going to be awesome. And then you got me and Johnny dragging down the average. So that's right. Um, <laughs> that's right. We're cutting into the curve. <laughs> I know. There we go. <laughs> but hey, uh, so they can go and get more information at... Um, Climb Conference, climbconference.wordpress.com. Climbconference.wordpress.com. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Hey, and listen, if you haven't joined the Climb community yet on Facebook, make sure you do that. Just go to Facebook, search for the Climb community, ask to be let in. We let everybody in. Don't uh, don't be a jerk or we'll roadhouse you. Mm-hmm. If you like what we're talking about here on these shows, if you find some, some of this stuff interesting and helpful, then uh, share it. Some of your, your peers, some of your contemporaries could benefit from it as well and uh, leave a rating and review um, it's going to help us listen it makes us look legit to, to people who are just sticking their toe in the water so make sure that happens yeah and speaking <clears throat> of reviews hey we got another five-star review <clears throat> and this one is I love five-star reviews I this do. one is from Sarah Duncan 13 uh, it is a five 
five-star review, and the title is Super Helpful Podcast. I've been listening to this podcast a lot over the past few weeks, and it's been nothing but helpful, encouraging, and easy to listen to. Very informative, but also entertaining and interesting. Thanks for sharing your knowledge on the music industry. I can't wait to hear more. Awesome. Thanks. Well, you're going to hear Sarah more. Duncan. You're going to hear your own name on the podcast. So thank you, Sarah Donkin. Uh, right. We appreciate that. It's a tasty five-star review. Thank you. So, Isn't it? Isn't it? It so, is. Uh, hey, man, I got to mention something, too. Like, we, we just uh, completed, like, yesterday was the end of CRS week. So, for those of you in the country world that listen to this podcast, CRS stands for Country Radio Seminar. Mm-hmm. And that's three days out of the year, uh, right around the first week in February, where all the program directors from all the radio stations across the whole country converge on the Omni Hotel in, in, in Glorious Downtown Nashville, uh, to do business and, and, and they're all in one place. So as you can imagine, because the program directors are the gatekeepers, they're going to be the ones that decide whether you get on a playlist or don't get on a playlist in a certain market. Every single artist is in town from indie artists in the secondary radio markets all the way up to Garth Brooks and Keith Urban and, and Tim McGraw. You know, they're out there kissing hands and shaking babies and, and, mm-hmm. and making those relationships happen. And this year for the second year in a row, we did, uh, uh, you know, I've been working very closely with Randy from Barfrog, who we interviewed on our podcast, Brent. And mm-hmm. man, we had, we doubled, we, we had, had the, the, last year we did it for the first time. It was the Barfrog showcase where we have the Barfrog artists and, and I got some Daredevil artists on, on there last year, uh, put them in a position with a live band in a really cool venue to showcase directly for the program directors and uh, we had about 75 there last year and not for nothing that's that's a big part of the reason why bailey james got to 36 on her first single as a 14 year old girl Mm-hmm. Right, because there's program directors who will see her live, were impressed about her, asking questions about her. So when she came out on radio tour and met them face to face for the second time, it was like, oh yeah, we're going to try to get this on here. We're going to try to work you into the playlist, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened. So it's a super powerful thing. Um, this year, we changed the venue into this like really cool place called the Studio in. Um, it's in Nashville. So it's just out on Charlotte, but it's an old church. Hmm. I think old wooden church that's been, uh, I believe it's a church. It might be an old wooden theater, but it looks like it's a church with a bunch of pews and stuff like that. Um, that has been transformed into this, um, analog recording facility with a big open wooden floor. And it's just super, super cool. We had probably about, uh, man, 150, 150, uh, program directors there and, um, some killer artists. I mean, Rick Monroe played, uh, Bailey played again. Mark Bray was on there. um, uh, Tony Jackson was on there, um, who's uh, doing doing that. Uh, Smith and Wesley, the dudes from Confederate Railroad, were on there. Like we had with some killer artists, and I I, I Facebook Live the whole thing. So if you haven't seen it uh, and you want to see what that looks like or sounds like, just go and check out. Uh, just go to Climb Community. It's it's it should be shared on there. It's definitely on Daredevil. If it's not on Climb Community, I'll share it on Climb Community. But uh, it was uh, man, super cool. What, what a what a great night! We had a beer sponsor there that was fantastic, Steel Barrel Beer, and uh, we were sponsored by the uh, pizza company. And I'm forgetting the name right now because I'm a jerk. I didn't set that up. Um, <laughs> I'm such a loser, <laughs> but it was awesome pizza. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, like it was what a great night! Like it was just a, a, a super fun time. And uh, I just want to thank everybody that uh, you know publicly that all the artists that performed on 
Hilton there, uh, the sponsors, the, 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 the venue, uh, Randy Barber, because uh, he really set the whole thing up, the Frogfather, and, and Lexi from Daredevil. Uh, we were going crazy for the last two weeks just getting set up for this, and then finally the day of the event. And not for nothing, I'm a little jealous because I sent you a picture, Brent, but yeah. evidently Bo Duke came to my freaking party and everybody talked to him, got a picture with him, but me, I didn't even know he was there until, <laughs> until the next day. <laughs> Cause you know, as you can imagine, I'm running around like crazy, just being the hostess with the most, and you know, yeah. Uh, you know, talking to everybody and blah, blah, blah. But everybody man, won. John Schneider, dude, Bo Duke. I mean, I, like, I don't go fanboy on a lot of people, but I was like, Eight years old when that show came out. <laughs> that was like the bomb, you know. Like, oh, yeah, like, Lexi got a picture with him, and I didn't. Mark Bray got a picture with him, and I didn't. And I'm jealous. Anyway, I would be too. Enough of that. So, what are we going to talk about today? All right, what we're going to talk about today is we're going to do a hit song study. So, I just took a look at the, you know, just the current country singles chart. And pulled a couple songs off there. I thought it had some pretty cool stuff going on there and some stuff we can learn from as songwriters. So that's basically what I'm going to do. We're going to launch into it and, and kind of try to knock out three songs and dive into them a little bit. And like I said, pull out some nuggets. So you can write better songs yourself and go, okay, that's something I can learn from. That's something I can implement on my songwriting that hopefully will help me get some of these same results that they're getting being on the radio. I love it. Okay. All right, here we go. The first one we're going to talk about, a song called Written in the Sand. So the artist is Old Dominion, and it's old climbing the charts. I'm not sure exactly where to be when this drops, but uh, it's doing well, and they're doing really well as artists. So one okay. th- a couple of things I want to point out in this song. So if you haven't heard this song, pause, go listen to it, come back, it'll give you a whole new appreciation for it. Um, a couple of things I want to point out. One is uh, imagery what I call willpower, what's it look like power that we're going to talk about. And the other thing is it's, this song is really a new window into an old room, which is um, a phrase I've come across kind of recently when describing songwriting. I've heard it. And I think it's a, it's a good description of it, but basically in songwriting, so many times we're talking about stuff that's been talked about time and time and time again, because the human condition is what it is and emotional stuff is what it is. And so this song is basically the guy talking to the girl going, Hey, are we just a temporary fling or are we, is this a forever kind of thing? Basically is what the, the takeaway, the, the nugget of the, the heart of the song is. So that's an old room because that's been written about plenty of times. So it's nothing groundbreaking or earth shattering there. You know, the guy just wanted to know where, where are we? What, What are we, you know, but they put a new, they show us that old room through a new window. So we get like a different angle on it. We see it from a different point of view. And, and a lot of what they do on that is with the details that they use and really how they set it up in the, in the course. I'll talk a little bit about the course first. Basically it says, you know, are we just a backseat trying to get it while we can? Are we names on a tattoo or just a number on a hand? Are we last call kissing? Or, or will we be reminiscing with each other for the next 40 years? Are we written in the stars, baby? Or are we written in the sand? So the way they set up some of this stuff, first of all, you get the image of the back seat. So to let you know, that's more of a young kind of fling thing. They're not at somebody's house, right? And then they start setting up these parallels. Are we this or that? Temporary versus permanent. Are we names on a ta- in a tattoo? Permanent. Or a number on a hand? Which is great because it's still something written on your body but it washes off. 
And you think about number on a hand, like you saw them out there somewhere at a bar. She wrote your number on, on your hand versus her name on a tattoo. So it's that temporary versus permanent, but still these, these images make sense and work together. And it's, it's a great way of saying that, of saying, are we temporary or are we permanent? Are we last call kissing? Which is like, okay, it's about time to go, make out now. Or are we going to be reminiscing with each other for the next 40 years? And later on it says, or are we going to be dancing in the kitchen? You know, is this temporary or is it more permanent? And then are we written in the stars? Stars are, you know, you think of the timeless forever kind of thing. Or are we written in the sand, which is the waves come up and they wash it out. So again, that's a great example of, first of all, you see the stars in the sand. So it puts me on the beach. When I hear this song, when I hear that line, it puts me on the beach looking down at the sand and looking up at the stars. And you think, yeah, one is really stable, really permanent. And the other is the waves are just going to wash it out. So that's a couple of things I think are great about this. It's kind of that new window, the way they set it up using these images, the way of saying, are we? And it's the willpower. What's it look like? Which means what does temporary look like versus permanent? And so they use this with imagery. So tattoo, number on a hand, last call kissing or, you know, dancing in the kitchen, written in the stars, written in the sand. So it's a great way of saying, what's that look like being temporary versus being permanent? And they do a great job with these images uh, working on that. So moving back up to the first verse, and I think Johnny may have dropped out a little bit. I know he's still having some issues with his, <laughs> his sound. So hi, Johnny. Um, so I'll just keep on rolling here. So the next thing is in the first verse, um, they have some great, they really one line I want to pick out here. So it's talking about, you know, we're kind of on again, off again. I'm not really sure where we are. There's a line that says, I see those bubbles pop up like you're texting, then they disappear, which I think is just a brilliant line because, you know, it's, it's fresh, it's current and it's real. And I think it shows us the power of small details because I've never heard that in a song before. And, um, you know, I've never heard in a song before, but it's real. I've seen it on my phone when, you know, those bubbles pop up and you're like, okay, somebody's texting. And then they go away. And you're like, what happened? <laughs> right. So it's, it's real. It's believable. But to me, it's fresh and it's also current. It lets you know you're hearing a new song. You're not hearing a song from 1980 or 1990. So it has that, that uh, current kind of power to it, which I think is really, really cool. So let's see, Johnny's texting me. He's trying, he has a spinning wheel of death, but we're just gonna keep on rolling and see what happens. All right, yeah. So next verse I wanna talk about is um, another example of showing and not telling. Uh, what's it look like? It says, your makeup is next to my toothbrush, but you never put it away on the shelf, which shows me, it doesn't tell me, but it shows me that she's over there a lot, but she's not settling in. She's not moving in. She's, you know, she's bringing her makeup maybe to fix her, you know, face in the morning or whatever, but she's not, she's not leaving it there. She takes it with her when she goes. And so that to him, that's another thing we want. Hey, okay. You know, I would love to see you put your makeup on the shelf, put it in a drawer. Let me know you'll be back kind of thing. And he's, he's not getting that from this. Um, so I think that's, that's important what they're doing here. Also, um, and then, so we got verse, course, verse, course, and then we go back into another course. And so this is that third course I want to talk about for a second. So the first course, it said, are we last call kissing 
uh, or are we names in a tattoo or just a number on a hand? On this one, it says, are we names in a tattoo or just a number I should wash right off my hand? And so it has a little bit more uh, punch to it because he's like, by this point, he's like, hey, should I just wash this off and be done with this because it's not going anywhere? Which he, did, he wasn't saying that at first, but this is that last course. And it gives you a little bit of a moment like, oh, I didn't see that coming. But that boy, that's saying, should I just... If we're not, if you're not in it, I just literally wash my hands of this and be done. And it shows a little bit of an emotional journey where he is, um, you know, he starts off going, "Hey, you know, what are we doing here? I, you know, I want to be in this thing, but by the end of it, he's like, but if it's not, I should just leave and we'll be done with it." Uh, so I think some really cool stuff in here as far as showing and not telling what willpower is, what's it look like to be permanent versus temporary, tattoo, number on a hand, last call kissing, dancing in the kitchen, stars and sand. Also, melodically, it's not too sad, it's groovy, it's not mopey, which I think is really cool. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Uh, so it feels kind of current. It, it doesn't feel too sad melodically or too whiny, which I think is important for this because uh, he's talking like, hey, you just let me know what's up. And he's not singing like, oh, if you don't let me know what we're doing, I'm just going to die. It doesn't feel that way. All right. So the guy is still kind of cool. He's like, hey, I watched him. Should I just go? It's, it's kind of almost like it's a little cool either way, but I want you to want me. But if not, all right, just let me know. It's not too mopey, which I think lets him be more likable, less desperate. Uh, he has a little bit more authority, a little more licensed. You know, he's he has some some power here. He's not uh, a total wuss, which I think is a good thing too. So that's the first song that's written in the sand, and we'll move on to the next one. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Next song we're going to talk about is uh, "Marry Me" by Thomas Rhett. So written by Jesse Frazier, uh, Ashley Gorley, Thomas Rhett, and Shane McAnally. And so this one, I think, is a good way of, of showing, of telling, and also of kind of modern songwriting versus maybe like 90s songwriting a little bit. So 
basically, if you haven't heard Marry Me yet, you need to stop it. You need to listen to it for one thing, just because it's a really good song. Um, and it's one that is, it's interesting because it's um, a little bit more, it feels like a more mature song for Thomas Rhett because it's talking about marriage and being in a place where you want to get married or that kind of thing. So I think it's cool. It starts off talking about, Hey, she wants to get married. She wants a perfect wants Her granddaddy preaching the service. Yeah. She wants magnolias out in the country. Not too many people save her daddy some money. And I think that's cool. Cause it's different because it shows that she's a down to earth girl. Like the more cliche thing is, you know, she wants a big church wedding with thousands of people there and all the flowers and the candles and all this stuff, which is, fine there's nothing wrong with that but it's cool it makes it a little more believable that it's a little more unique it makes it maybe a little bit more country but also allows for some fresh wedding imagery instead of the cliche stuff because you're talking about magnolia's out in the country and her granddaddy preaching the service you know and, and her being and not too many people there and saving her daddy some money i mean that's that's cool. That's fresh. That's different and it's believable too i mean for one thing my wife and i got married on a beach and it was a small wedding and we're like, we're going to spend some money. We're going to spend it on, you know, sand <laughs> and being at the beach for a week. Um, but it was yeah. also the same kind of yeah. thing. It's, yeah. And so a different different imagery, which I think is cool. And also it, it shows that Thomas Rhett knows her well. He knows what she wants, right? So this is not a stranger. So it's setting up. She wants to get married and I know what she wants. And then it talks about, uh, you know, she got all planned out. I can see her right now. And, uh, this chorus is awesome. It says, I'll wear my black suit, black tie, hide out in the back. I'll do a strong shot of whiskey straight out the flask. I'll try to make it through without crying so nobody sees. Yeah, she wants to get married, but she don't want to marry me. Which is just like, oh, gut punch, right? So this is that oh. great twist, country twist on it. Um, and there are a couple of things I want to pull out here, okay? Because this is, this, is really, this is some really strong songwriting. Okay, for one thing, the course has a great double meaning. And we'll see when we come back around to it how you're going to, it's going to be all fresh next time we come around to it. But also the twist. I mean, I've, you know, we probably have all written some kind of like, ah, I got this big twist song, right? It's like the sixth sense of songwriting. But you notice he let the cat out of the bag. He gave you the twist right at the end of the first course. Whereas I think some older school songwriting might've been to wait to like the bridge, you know, like I'm going to first verse talk about, you know, like it is now she wants to get married and this is the kind of wedding she wants. Yes. She wants to get married. Yes. She wants to get married. And the next verse be like, I remember the night I fell in love with her. We were just done done. We were just friends, but man, I just knew I want to be with her forever. And now, you know, she wants to get married, blah, blah, blah course and then bridge like yeah but she's up here she's up there next to him giving her heart to him putting the ring on his finger and i'm you know i can't believe it she wants to get married yeah okay fine but man attention spans have changed so they saved the reveal for the end they could have saved the reveal for the end like in the bridge right and be like oh what oh i've been wrong this whole time they don't do that they let it out at the end of the first course and i think that's important because that's more of a current way of writing they don't hold it because attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. All right. I mean, Twitter may let you have more characters in there now, but attention spans are not getting any longer. All right. It's still they're like, we're not going to hold it. We're going to let this out right. right at the end of the first. <laughs> and that's how I've been doing more of my ride. If I have some sort of kind of twist kind of thing, man, I'll, okay, let's get it out early and then figure out what to do with it. 
you know, and which may make your writing a little bit harder, but also for one thing, you're not killing time trying to hold your, the mystery or aha, the joke for two verses. You're not trying to keep misdirecting the, the listener for too long. He's like, boom. And now I'm in. If I listen to that first verse, you know, I'd be like, all right, she wants to get married. It's a love song, blah, blah, blah. Whoa. Now I'm in. I want to know what happens next because she wants to get married, but she don't want to marry me. So it, it will keep your attention better because it gives you a major hit right there in that first course. And now I want to know what happens. I don't, because I thought I knew what was happening. Yeah. Now I don't. Now I want to know. So, it, and man, okay, I'm right in here for the second verse. And then it was interesting in this next verse, it talks about, I remember the night I almost kissed her. And I kind of freaked out. We've been friends forever. I always wondered if she felt the same way. When I got the invite, I knew it was too late. Yeah, I know her daddy's been dreading this day. Oh, but he ain't the only one giving her away, which is a great line. And so it's interesting they made it a breakup. Oh, not a breakup. It was a never was. He's the only one giving her away. He ain't the only one giving her away. It's a great line. Um, but they made it, they didn't make the song a breakup like we broke up and now she's getting married with someone else. It's interesting. They made it a never was kind of thing, which is in a way sweeter. There's no bad guys. You know, he was right. just the guy that, I mean, yeah, how, how many of us have been there? Dude, I, well, I've been there at, at somebody's wedding where it, it's like, oh, man, it never, never happened, but I always wanted it to. Been there. So I can relate to this stuff, like, just on a personal level. And I felt really stupid being at that wedding, by the way. But that's a story for another day. But, um, and then you hit that course. You hit that <laughs> second course. I'll tell you sometime. Um, we hit that second course. And it's brand new. It's like watching The Sixth Sense for the second time. You're like, oh my gosh, I see it all differently now. So then we hit that course and it's, I'll, I'll wear a black suit, black tie. You're like, it makes sense. Yeah. Hide out in the back. Yeah, because he's, this is emotionally overwhelming. It's not he's hiding in the back because he's a groom and he's waiting to go out in front. It's because he feels out of place here. Maybe I shouldn't be there. Am I up to something? I don't know. I'll do a strong shot of whiskey straight out the flask. Well, yeah, not for courage now, but for courage and to kind of deaden some feelings. And I'll try to make it through without crying. Not because I'm going to be at the front. Right. I just want to be a tough guy. It's because, man, I was breaking my heart in a bad way, not in a good way. And so each one of those lines, you see it in a brand new way. And that is just strong songwriting. It's awesome. Love this song. Yes, exact same lines, different. You Now it's framed it's, differently. You Completely different context. You're like, whoa, that completely flipped on me. So you're hearing the course. It's familiar, right? Because you've already heard exactly this course before, but it's brand new. It's like the best of both worlds. You get comfort. Oh, I've already heard this. You know, I'm already getting to know it. But at the same time, it's brand new. Awesome. So, and also one little thing I want to pull out of this I'll do a straight shot of whiskey straight out the flask. That's what he says, straight out the flask. Now, my, you know, country sensibilities, I want to say straight out of the flask. And so it's a little bit more of a current lingo, a little different way of saying it that people get it, but it's not your daddy's country way of saying it. It's straight out the flask. You know, I don't know if a, what that influence is, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's a little, I don't know if it's a little more urban, it's a little something, it's a little different way of saying it, which also makes it feel current. Like a little hipper, it, a little hipper wouldn't be said that way in a nineties country song, right? Yeah. They wouldn't have said straight out the flask. They, they would have said straight from the flask or something to keep the syllables the same straight from the flask, but not straight out, straight out the flask, like straight out of Compton. Right. So 
All right. So then yeah. we get to the, uh, the bridge. She's got her dress on now, welcoming a guest now, which is a nice little rhyme, dress now, guest now. I could try to find her, get it off my chest now. Again, been there, but I ain't going to mess it up. So I wish her the best now. So you got like four rhymes, which is cool. So that changes up the structure a little bit because now you got these dress now, guest now, chest now, best now. And even so, and even mess it up. You got the mess, the dress, guest, mess, best, chest stuff going on there. So it's a lot of little rhymey stuff, a lot of little hooks in here, uh, but it all makes sense. And, you know, and it frames Thomas Rhett as a good guy and he's doing right by her. Because he could get it off his chest, but what's he going to do? Blow up her wedding? That would be very selfish. And this guy's not doing that because he's a good guy and he cares about her. He's not going to mess it up. And so it gives you even more empathy for this character. Man, he's a good guy. You know, he's not here to blow up the wedding. So anyway, then you go back into the, so I'm, I'll just wish you the best and I'm going to go hide out in the back and drink that, drink that shot of whiskey. So that's what I had to say about that one. But I think it's really well written. It's worth studying. That's okay. killer, man. All right, we got time for one more? Uh, round here, Buzz. Eric Church. This one, I think, is cool because of, of how much um, double and triple duty some of these lines pull off. Okay, they do a great job of painting the small town. So, round here, Buzz. Eric Church, written by him, Jeff Hyde, and Luke Dick. All right, so it starts off another Friday night. There's a line of cars leaving. Hometown's got an out of, home team's got an out-of-towner. Me, I'm sitting on the hood of mine drinking. I'm, uh, I'm just a parking lot down and outer. So you got some out of towner, down and outer, cool rhymes. And you got a line of cars, but I'm on the hood of mine drinking. And so it shows this, this smaller town who's football proud. Other people are leaving just temporarily. You know, they're just going to the away game. But it helps set up that he's staying. I'm not even going to the away game. You know, I'm sitting here in a parking lot drinking. Um, and I think this pulls a lot of this verse here does a lot of stuff. It sets the setting, you know, cause you think of Friday night line of cars, leaving. you think smaller town, it sets that up. It's got some great imagery in there. And it's also setting up uh, the theme of the song round here, buzz. So I'm just a parking lot down and outer. I'm not going out of town. I'm sitting here drinking, which is points right to round. I'm staying around here and I'm catching a buzz. So there's, like four things that this course does or this verse does set the setting, hit you with some good imagery, set up the small town and set up the theme of round here buzz. Powerful, right? There's a lot going on in those verses. They are not wasting any time. There's no fluff on this. Next part we have under that high school bleacher. I drove that preacher's daughter crazy. Her mama was my homeroom teacher and her dad was hell bent on saving me. So shows that he grew up here. It's more small town stuff, bleachers, preachers, and teachers, which is also some nice internal rhymes. Uh, but shows like, hey, man, I'm, I'm brutal here, and so are yours. And again, the small town, because if, you know, just all this, her dad was hell-bent on set. Her dad was a preacher. Her mom was my teacher. So you can just like, okay, that's small town stuff. And then we hit the lift. Uh, yeah, I'm sure those high, there's higher highs where the high risers rise. But me, I'm going to sit right here tonight. So again, it's it's the drinking theme, small town versus city, higher highs, you know, versus the round here buzz. I could feel better somewhere where the high risers rise, which is just cool. It's just cool, interesting language. It's not the way you hear it said, which is hugely important to say it in a fresh way, but also sets up the small town city and the drinking thing. 
then you hit that course and we'll catch a round here buzz. You know, it's uh, lit up like that one stoplight across from that welcome sign. Ever since you caught that round, uh, that out there bug, I catch me around here buzz. So like, I love the double duty. Again, there's no fluff on this, no fat on this. It's all muscle. So um, lit up like that one stoplight. So it plays off the buzz, like getting drunk, I'm lit up like that one stoplight, small town. So it does that one line double duty. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not just doing one thing. It does two things, which is great. And then you talk about in the next verse, never had big city eyes. Hell, I've never been east of Dallas. Got no idea where you are now or if you ever got that penthouse palace. Talks about, no, Scotty's ain't got no vibe, no gas in his neon light, but he's got two for ones till two tonight. Again, the two for ones till two, just an interesting language. This is the way it rolls off the tongue and rolls across the ears. Two for ones till two. And also that Scotty's, the, the local bar, it's believable. No gas in his neon light. It's a small detail, but it's believable. It's different. It's a fresh image. There, what a great way of saying this place is kind of run down. It's not, you know, high class. It's that Scotty's ain't got no vibe. <laughs> you know, no gas in his neon light. Could have said the neon lights don't even glow or whatever, busted neon light, but just no gas in his neon light. Just a different way of saying it. Um, so I kind of blew through that one quickly. But the big thing from that one is, how much duty those lines pull on the theme. Everything's putting at the theme, small town versus city, staying around here, drinking. It just layer upon layer in this. It's a simple lyric. It's not hard to understand, but they pull all that together in their lyric. It makes it super strong, super interesting, and they use interesting language at the same time. So those are the three I got for. If you want to know, not just my opinion of somebody else's hit song, but a real deal, legit publisher's opinion and breakdown of your song, your best song. I have another play for publisher event coming up and it's coming up next month in March, but the deadline is the, to enter your song and submit your song is the end of this month, the end of February, 2018. And so if you want to get the details on that, you just download my free ebook gift from Brent.com. That's gift from Brent, B R E N T.com. Get you on the songwriting pro insiders list get you the free ebook with a lot of helpful information. Also, I'll be sending you information about our play for publisher, how you can enter your song. But basically it's a March 19th. We'll be getting together with Courtney Allen from BMG music. Uh, she's uh, just a young up and coming uh, publisher. She does a great job. She's been at starstruck. She's at BMG. She's legit. She works with people like Travis Meadows and Wynn Varble, just great writers, hit writers. She works with them every day. She'll be listening to your songs and giving her feedback, letting you know, um, you know her thoughts on it. And if you got the song, she knows what to do with it. So you check that out at giftfrombrent.com. Hey, guys, this brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. If you haven't joined the Climb community, please visit Facebook. Ask to be let in. We'll let you in. And we'll roadhouse you if you're a bad boy or a bad girl. Subscribe. Subscribe to this so it automatically appears in your... Um, in your uh, podcast player every single Tuesday. You'll get the episode. You don't got to search for it. And this podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 